What's up, YouTube? Can you hear me? I'm gonna do some uh, quick checks here on the microphone, make sure I've got volume. Bear with me while I get the technical parts out of the way. If you can hear me, well, comment something in the chat so I can see it. All right, all right, here we go. Very good. How is everybody? I hope everyone's doing good. Another beautiful Sunday. It's a beautiful Sunday out here in East Tennessee. We had a high of 42 degrees today, some slight drizzle. Uh, perfect setting for, for Halloween. We got to go to the zoo, do a little bit of that and everything that entails. Um, kind of interesting here, I, I'm gonna do a little house cleaning, a little self promo before we jump into this. Um, again, a few things I wanna stress is that I've got the, um, gonna be doing a video with John Perry. He's the founder, uh, owner, brain, mad scientist behind the RGS product and Green County Fertilizer line. Um, we're probably going to be doing that in two to three week time frame, somewhere in there. Um, I'm going to have a video with, uh, Jacob from Scooters Lawn Care coming out where we're going to talk about the software and business end of things. Um, we're going to do a little bit of uh, business consulting with, um, with Peter Shiplove of Permagreen. And um, just got got all kinds of things in the work. Got all kinds of things in the work. So just wanted to wanted to plug that. Uh, in addition to that, I've got the video with Anuvia coming out. I've been working on it. Still got a little ways to go. And uh, now that we're starting to cool off outside, it's going to be time for more whiteboard videos. I don't know about y'all, but those are my favorite to do. Um, one other thing, I'm going to plug. And I'm going to plug my wife. My wife, if y'all don't know, is a hip-hop dancer. Uh, she was a hip-hop dancer for, um, actually, Chris Blue, if you've ever heard of Chris Blue, who won uh, The Voice. She was part of the crew that was um, his backup dancer when he performed here in Knoxville. So in the description down below, I'm going to link a video that she did with her dance crew um, called Southern Soul. And uh, it's a video. I helped record it. She edited everything because she's great at stuff like that. And I'm not. And so anyway, I thought I would be kind and plug her as well. So it is the week of 1029. This is my favorite uh, time of the year right here. Um, you know, all the majority of our grass seed is up, just doing a little bit of touch-up work. And then from this point forward, it is going to be uh, pushing uh, aggressive growth. Um, and so it's, it's my time to get experimental with fertilizers. It's my time to really be able to track on single properties, how one product reacts with another product, 
versus just a side-by-side -side comparison of how one product outperforms or does not outperform against another product. So super excited for this time of year. Telly Coleman, no, I do not dance. Uh, I try, I try, but I have to be in rare form uh, in order to do, order to really be getting down on some dance. Um, so moving forward, you know, I, I'm going to be running these fertilizer trials on tall fescue. And, you know, this will, the way the fertilizer responds to the fescue is going to help me create an experimental mindset towards approaching Bermuda grass next season as well. So just keep that in mind, although, you know, I may be working with tall fescue now, this is really going to be the setup. If it performs really well in tall fescue, uh, that is going to meet my, that is going to be my requirement for it to pass on to testing it with Bermuda grass. Um, there's not a whole lot I would see fertilizer wise that would perform really well in Bermuda grass and not so well in fescue. So um anyway this is going to be this is going to be a very 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 fun time of year what is going on lawnscapes of america hate to everybody in here i see all kinds of familiar names um casey turner real quick wants to know what's your suggestion for that push and grow casey turner comes down to soil temperatures i'm trying to get the last of my urea based products put out um it's a 24 it's derived from urea I'm trying to get all that put out. I've got uh, ammonium sulfate coming in. So I'm excited to be throwing out the ammonium sulfate for the rest of the year. Uh, John B., as odd as it sounds, we have not had a frost yet here in Knoxville, and my Bermuda looks awesome. Um, I haven't cut it since September, but it's probably three and a half, four inches tall, and it looks phenomenal. So I'm kind of enjoying stepping out in the backyard and just looking at it in all its glory, uh, still just green as all get out. In fact, my backyard is still more green than my front yard where my fescue is growing in without um, without uh, irrigation. So it's a, it's a slow grow in in the front and uh, it's doing well. Yeah, John, the, it's, uh, it's definitely dense. I mean, it feels like you're floating when you're, when you're uh, walking across it so i'm i'm super here uh super happy with how it's actually doing this time of year it's not even normal super abnormal so i love it i love it tony tillman i sure do appreciate that i sure do appreciate that um to kind of get started with the questions tonight i got some emails that came in that i kind of wanted to touch on a few things here um so we got Mike out in California. Uh, Mike has uh, is conducting the ultimate experiment. He is attempting to grow Kentucky bluegrass when he's told it does not work there. He's fertilized it. He used a Scott starter about two weeks ago. He's still got temperatures in the mid-80s, and now the, the baby grass is starting to turn yellow or rusty looking after that application. Um, there's a lot that could be causing that. There's a lot that could be causing yellowing. Um, you know, first and foremost, if you're still getting temperatures that high and you're dealing with Kentucky bluegrass, mid 80s, I'm leaning more towards fertilizer burn, a rusty yellowing color. Um, it also could be 
disease related. It, you know, it could be some, um, you know, where it's beginning to, to melt out for one reason or another. There could be an issue with the soil that's causing it to discolor like that. There's, there's lots of different things that can contribute to it when you're attempting to grow grass in an area that does not normally tolerate those type growing conditions. So one thing you have to keep in mind, and this goes for anybody that's that's attempted to do a cool season grass or a warm season grass where it doesn't normally grow, uh, there's going to be more effort in that in that establishment period. So keep that in mind. Um, even for the guys further up north that are that are dealing with Bermuda grass, that that establishment period is going to be crucial. There's going to be a, a whole lot of extra care that has to go into it for the establishment process. And then once it is established, there's going to be a whole lot more going into it. So probably what I would do if I had some yellowing and some Kentucky bluegrass is um, I would go the, the fungicide route. And then there was another one I got here. And this was from Kenneth up the road from me. He wanted to know if it was too late to put down a granular grub control considering how cold the temperatures are. Um, and in my opinion right now, if if you are doing yard renovation and you are seeing grub worms at the surface actively feeding, then absolutely now is a great time to put down a grub control. With these cooler temperatures, you are probably not seeing grub activity at the surface. Um, so if you're not seeing grub activity at the surface, there's no point in putting down a grub control. Best save your money, wait till the next growing season, and then use um, use a high quality preventative grub product like a celeprin. A celeprin is going to be the least have the least environmental impact in terms of negativity. Uh, so I recommend using a celeprin as a preventative next year, and you've got a really large window that you can put it down April all the way up to curative. So. Um, my personal opinion, if you were dealing with grubs, you didn't tend to it when you first noticed it, you're not seeing them at the surface anymore, wait till next year, go preventative, use the celebrant, call it good, have a successful yard. That's it. That's it. What's up, Charlie Willis? John B., you're out there in uh, coastal South North Carolina. You got the true cut and one and three quarter inch. I'd say you got some pretty good looking Bermuda too. Then, we're running it on a uh, on a true cut. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about too, in terms of fertility, now that we're getting cooler, um, I've been talking to a lot of people about fertilizing in cooler weather. Okay, so. To understand which fertilizer to use in cooler weather, you have to, and I'm, I'm going at it from the perspective of nitrogen utilization, uh, because obviously the more developed we get our plants in the fall, um, the, the better setup we have for those plants to tolerate the summer the next year. So in terms of fertilizer and ambient air temperatures and soil temperatures, um, is it as you drop below 55 degrees in soil temperatures um, that conversion that takes place if you use urea as a nitrogen source urea is going to go through um, going to hydrolyze it and and as as it goes into solution 
Um, it's going to react with urease, and then the byproduct of urease is going to be ammonia and, uh, and CO2. Okay, the cooler it is outside, the less quickly that urea will react with urease. So it's going to be a slower conversion. And the problem is, is with that slower conversion, that is going to allow more time for runoff to take place, which is obviously what we don't want. And that, that means that fertilizer that runs off is not going to be available for our plant. Then from that point too, uh, the NH that's the NH3 that's given off, the ammonia that's given off is going to be in a gas. And if the plant cannot utilize it fast enough, again, soil temperatures are low, therefore plants are going to utilize it slow. Um, you're going to lose a lot of that to the environment. Um, so there's a couple ways around this. Either you can run higher rates of nitrogen in the form of urea, or probably the better thing to do is to use a, uh, an ammonical nitrogen source, ammonium sulfate. So that way when you apply it and it gets watered in, it goes into solution, you run it at a reduced rate, whereas you may run a full pound of urea, you may run a pound and a half of granular urea right now, uh, you can back that down to a pound or three quarters of a pound of ammonium sulfate. It's all going to be immediately available to the plant. The plant's gonna utilize what it's gonna utilize, and then of course, you're gonna lose the rest. But by dropping your rate, hopefully you'll maximize the amount of utilization. If you apply it with a carbon source, Hopefully that carbon source will tie up that ammonia that's given off in the form of a gas and help it stay around in the soil longer. So keep that in mind, the cooler the soil temperatures are, the more important it is to pay attention to your actual nitrogen sources. Um, Bert says, what's it, Paul scored a couple of offensive touchdowns yesterday, step in the right direction. Yeah, we did score a couple of offensive touchdowns and we could not convert but nine points off of four turnovers and hence we lost the game and that's why our head coach is on the chopping block. Uh, I hate to talk bad about uh, everything that's going on here in, in Knoxville football world in, in front of the world, but uh, it's been brutal being a fan this year. It makes me sick to my stomach. So I think, I think everybody in East Tennessee is ready for a change in one form or another, whether that's a new coach or, or whatever. It's time for a change. Um, I watched your vid on three ways yesterday. Very helpful. One question, do you use this for vacuum or seed oil or whatever when you put triclopyr in a three-way amine? When I put triclopyr in a three-way amine, um, usually I will use a surfactant uh, unless temperatures are high enough. If it's going to be 55, 60, 65, 70 degrees outside, uh, no, I will not use a surfactant, but if I'm if ambient air temperatures are less than 55, yes, I go ahead and use a surfactant instead of a seed oil. Uh, I don't particularly care to run seed oils with ester-based formulations because you're going to get the penetration power from the ester and you'll get the penetration power from the seed oil and you're setting yourself up for turf injury. So there you go. There you go. Go Eagles, he said. I have a good friend in Memphis. That said, go Eagle. That is a, a big, a big Eagles fan. So I will, uh, I'll give you, I'll give you that with Lawnscapes of America. Go Eagles. That's for, that's for Neil, my buddy Neil in Memphis. Again, thanks for everything you do, my lawn's best neighborhood coach. You're I appreciate that, Bert. Push it. Keep pushing that yard as hard as you can. 
Um, if y'all have any questions, feel free to leave them in the live chat and I will answer them as they go along. Um, for those of you that are new here, typically I try and talk for an hour, which can be a long period of time. And sometimes you will have to bear with me because my daughter is, um, my daughter's in the back making all kinds of noises. Rob, uh, how much money in sulfate per thousand going forward? <clears throat> Rob, I'm going to be running between three quarters and a full pound of ammonium sulfate. My soil temperatures are still in the 55 degree range, at least for this next week. And then it, we're actually going to increase a little bit next week. And uh, and so anyway, I'm going to I'm going to be running about three quarters of a pound to a full pound of nitrogen coming from ammonium sulfate. Again, I'll be applying that also with the RGS product. Um, how, so, how soon after seed germination do you recommend spraying broadleaf weeds? Tony, let it go as long as you can. There's no real reason to get a jump on it. Um, as, as long as it's able to be cut, usually it's mature enough to be sprayed. Uh, and I think the general rule of thumb is you cut it twice, you can spray it. Um, Sometimes I have to jump in a little earlier than that if just a, a bizarre number of, of weeds are starting to surface. And uh, you know, testing area, make sure you understand the herbicide you're using, understand the potential for injury with the herbicide you're using. Um, if you need something that's going to be a little more seed safe, um, maybe go with a product like Drive, Quinclorac, and use a kicker like Carfentrazone um, to help accelerate that that burn down uh is there such a thing as pre a preventative insecticide guar baby what is your uh insect that you're concerned with um there is pre there are preventative insecticides but again it deals more so with what your target pest is so let me know what you're having issues with and i wish i'd have known that because i was riddled with crabgrass this reno yeah, yeah. And now here's the thing, Colonel Corn. You're dealing with with Bermuda grass and crabgrass. Yeah, that that's a that's a tough one because um, drive in particular is very hard on hybrid Bermuda. It just drive and hybrid Bermuda do not get along and. My fear would be with a hybrid Bermuda that as it's attempting to come up and establish and you hit it with a, um, with a product like Drive is that it's going to damage it too much for it to be able to recover because it doesn't have the root system to go to the carbohydrates to generate the, um, the, the tissue to repair it. Speed zone for the win. Speed zone is good stuff. It is, it is good stuff. I'd rather roll my own speed zone. It's just so expensive. And uh, so usually I, 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 roll my, I roll my own with, with most things I spray. Uh, bill bugs, chinch, chinch bugs, mostly in my area, trying to prevent. Uh, Gore Baby, I would go with a product like a Celeprin in April or May. Um, I cannot tell you the rate to run. I believe it is six ounces to the acre, but do not quote me on that. Consult your label. But a celebrant is the product you want to use for prevention of that. I don't know if chinch bugs are on the label for a celebrant, but I believe bill bugs are. Again, consult the label, but I think those are both preventable using a celebrant. 
Scott Anderson, the soil temperatures where I am right now are probably mid 50s. Although right now at this very moment, it's it's definitely sub 50. Um, if you give me just a second, I'll tell you exactly where we are soil temperature wise. Uh, kind of the interesting thing is is that we've got um, cool weather this week, cool coolish weather. It's going to be you know 65, you know 45 highs and lows. Uh, and then moving into next week, it, it's going to get back up to the low 70s. So uh, right now we're in that time of year where, you know, it, it's not going to be able to make up its mind where exactly it, it wants to be. Um, as of right now, soil temperatures are going to be between 45 and 50 degrees. So we're on the cooler side of things. But like I said, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna uh, jump back up there here in a little bit, at least next week. My test spot of drive herbicide destroyed my Yukon spot test. Tell you, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, it, some hybrid Bermudas are just a little bit funny acting with quinclorac. I mean, it will smoke it down to the ground. Um, it is really hard to say. Look at this. The Green Doctor out of Hawaii, uh, I hate to be a fanboy, but I'm going to be a fanboy. Uh, if you if you look at Ray3472 in the chat, uh, he has a company in Hawaii. And um, one of the whole reasons that, you know, prior, prior to my, my, you know, as far as my history and turf and stuff, when, when I really wanted to take my game to the next level, outside of, of what I already knew, I started reading the things that that the Green Doctor was was putting out, and I became obsessed with everything he did. And uh, and just recently, I I, I saw him, and uh, and I, I I hope he and I can have a one on one conversation because this is this is the guy when it comes to to, to weed control, especially in warm season grasses, um, who takes the science to a whole new level. Um, I've, I've seen him do and give presentations with different herbicides. And what really piques my interest about what he does with it is that he goes out of the norm. It's still within the label limits of the products, but it's outside of its typical use pattern. And that's what's so fascinating about it. And anyway, I'm super glad to see, see him in the chat. Uh, have you heard of uh, lawn porn products? No, I have. I have never heard of that. I have. I have no idea what that is. I'm gonna have to Google that real quick. Especially formulated nitrogen and iron fertilizer to give not only the best plant health but a deep green that'll make it to Envy Mini. Um, if you want to send me a label on it, I'll take a look at it, let you know what I think of it. What part of the country are you in? Um, And and send me send me what part of the country you're in, and I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the the best opinion about it that I, I possibly could. I don't know a whole lot about it, so um, if you could, if you could shoot me an email with a label, I'd be I'd be interested in in taking a further look at it. How many apps of ammonium sulfate will you typically put down between now and spring, or now and when you switch back to urea? Um, I'll put down one more for the winter. Uh, my last application is some lawns are going to be getting ammonium sulfate. Uh, some are going to be getting calcium applications. Some are going to be getting um, ammonium sulfate and calcium, uh, depending on soil pH and stuff. So uh, it's 
it's it's it's hard to say because you know right now is when I'm going to do all the corrective work off of uh, what my soul tests are showing. So um, it's hard to say. But usually in winter, I'm only doing one application of ammonium sulfate, and then as it rolls into next year, you know January February time frame, whenever the snow is clearly off the table. Um, I'll do another application of ammonium sulfate and then as soil temperatures begin to spike up to 55 degrees, I'll switch to urea as my, as my end source. Uh, Alfred said, why do you prefer ammonium sulfate to ammonium phosphate? Um, because my soils are very, very, very high in phosphorus and, um, and so there's no reason for me to be putting down ammonium phosphate. And as far as a nitrogen source, ammonium phosphate is just not going to have the same uh, punch that ammonium sulfate will. So if I was deficient in, um, in phosphorus, I would, I would use more phosphorus, but my, my soil tests are off the charts, off the charts with uh, with phosphorus. I, I bet maybe only four out of the hundreds of soil tests I've pulled have had a, um, a phosphorus deficiency. So uh, no real no real reason for me to use it and especially justify the cost. It's it's not it's not gonna be cheap either. Let's see here. How often do you do a soil test? Um, usually once a year, maybe once every other year. It depends on the issues I'm having with the yard or if I'm having any issues at all. Um, and the only reason I would test year over year is to, to see how, to see what kind of response I'm getting from the products I use. Uh, it helps me learn more about the product, chart the data, and, um, and hopefully be able to deliver a better product to my customers. So, um, you know, you, you have to you have to use a soil test for what it is. Yeah, it gives you instant feedback, but it also sets a baseline um, to kind of chart your progress and chart product response moving forward. So, um, anyway, yeah, there's my there's my soil test kick. And without a soil test, you know, it's just it, you're kind of you're just shooting in the dark. And sometimes that's understandable. You know, depending on you know the the situation, the customer, you know. It, Sometimes that that initial stance has to be a shot in the dark, but um, for the most part, I I prefer to take a soil test and uh, and establish a baseline for for where I'm at. Can you give me the lowdown on organic foliar fertilizers? They are water soluble, correct? If so, aren't organics typically insoluble, meaning they have to be broken down to feed the plant? Yeah, John B. Hang on, just a moment. Okay, so organic foliar fertilizers. Uh, I sent I sent my soil test out to be tested. I do not test my own soils. Um, organic foliar fertilizers. Um, I'd be curious to see where the uh, nutrients are derived from. Um, you you have to be when you hear organic foliar fertilizer. Um, you know, typically. A what? Can I have a bowl for this? A bowl? Uh, I don't, you don't have to ask mom, son. Okay. Um, okay, so, you know, you'll see like fish and seaweed. Sometimes what they'll do is, is they'll take like a, um, 
like like seaweed and then they'll they'll increase the the amount of nitrogen in it with like a, a little bit of of urea and they'll kind of call it organic or something um there's there's not a lot of soluble in sources that are available organically. Um, some are going to be derived from soy. That was one of the ones I saw at the Green Industry Expo. Branch Creek Organics is coming out with a soluble organic fertilizer that is actually derived from soy or corn. Um, and it has like a crazy high analysis. like a It's like a 1200 or something. Um, so... You know, it, but typically it's going to be derived from fish and seaweed and something like that. And so that's where, you know, it it's going to be soluble because it's going to be in, extracted in a liquid form. You Typically, if you see like, I, I don't know, I guess you could try and attempt to uh, de-sludge like biosolids or something. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. Um if it's going to be usually a liquid organic fertilizer, it's going to be derived from fish or seaweed. That's going to be my best answer. Um, how are you introduced to folic acid and RGS? Um, okay, so the RGS product came from, I'm in this Facebook group called Professional Lawn Care Applicators. And uh, it is, for, for anybody out there that is a professional lawn care applicator, um, I suggest you join great group of guys we pass all kinds of incredibly valuable information back and forth between each other regarding the the business side of things and the actual technical side of things i of course love the technical side of things i'm a terrible business person um so anyway that was where i was introduced to john perry and it was kind of interesting because i my whole mission was set out was to set out and disprove john perry um he was too nice to me and um, and it aggravated me, and I wanted to argue with him, and he didn't want to argue with me. Um, he just wanted to have a conversation, and I wasn't on board with that at the time. And so through, I can't tell you how many hours of conversation John Perry and I have had. In fact, it was so strong and so intense on the front end that he called a conference call, uh, basically a roundtable for all of us in the lawn care applicator group to be able to shout questions at him and then he field the questions and answer them and um and he did and i was extremely aggressive and uh and i mean just the amount of knowledge he has and um you know he he has he has the ability to scientifically back up what he says and that is what I'm still of the opinion some of it is theory based. Um, you know, your 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 rate per year of a humic or uh, of a humic substance. Um, there's no real scientific data showing where that needs to be. So, in that essence, he's operating on a principle on a on a in a in a theory. Um, however, when we're dealing with um, you know, humic acid and carbon content and its ability to uh, extend the release of nitrogen. That's scientifically proven. So um, anyway, I, I set out to disprove him and I could not do it. And so uh, I said, forget it. I will, I'll bef befriend him. And uh, it took a little, little convincing on, on my end that I, I promised that I wasn't always going to attack him personally uh, before he, 
<laughs> he accepted. No, I'm just kidding. John Perry has always been incredibly nice to me, always open to answer questions and stuff. So anyway, that was my introduction to humic, humic acid. Um, you have to remember, I come from the MPK world. So everything I've learned from um, the organic sphere of, of, of turf management, uh, I've only just recently learned. Uh, it's all new to me. And so my my approach towards fertility is ever evolving. Um, and especially, you know, having that understanding of trying to grow fescue here in Tennessee, where we are, where it's too hot to grow fescue, um, you know, back to that organic principle of right plant, right place. Well, I'm trying to grow the wrong plant in the wrong place. And, uh, and so, you know, how do you maximize the potential of that plant in an area where it's not supposed to have maximum potential? And so that was kind of my whole introduction into organics and bridge products in general. And, uh, and so since then, I've been on a quest to learn as much as I can, as quickly as I can. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the wonderful thing about this industry is that it is always evolving. And every day I wake up, I learn something new. And I think that's why I decided to make a career out of it because um, it always keeps my mind working. Um, any word on Butch Jones? Is he gone yet? No, Jason Cox. Butch Jones is not gone yet. And you should hear local radio. People are going bananas. CD Andrews, RGS is available to homeowners. Um, you can go to Green County Fertilizer, green with an E on the end of it, greenecountyfertilizer.com and uh, call them and Mark Long or John Perry or Mike McDonald or uh, Brad Huff will take care of you. I've had disappointing results from organic foliars, recently sodded zoysia, failed to induce tack down and rooting, ended up having to apply my standard 2020-20 soluble with Xterras. Ray, why do you think you could not get the tack down using your organic foliar. Uh, do you think it just did not have a high enough nutrient uh, content? I'm curious. I'm curious if it's if it's if it's not tacking down. That's where where I wonder where the issue is. Uh, was there was there a phosphorus source in the organic fertilizer you were using? And were the soils phosphorus deficient at all? I don't I don't know why I wouldn't tack down. Have you heard of Chip Osborne? He preaches 100% organic and biologic fertilizer and pesticides in his program. Just wondering if he ever had a client that wanted 100% organic. If so, could you meet their expectations? Uh, John, no, I've never had a customer want 100% organic. Uh, I've never heard of Chip Osborne. Um, could I meet someone's expectations if they wanted 100% organic? No. I mean, that's just, that's the fact of it. Um, again, um, uh, the whole, the very first principle in organic farming is right plant, right place. Um, where I am in the southeast, uh, fescue is the wrong plant for here. So um, on that principle alone, I, I cannot, I'm not going to be able to deliver the results that are expected um, using an organic program. It's just, it's just not going to work. So. Um, there's a lot of people around here that there's not a lot. There's one person around here that says they have an organic program, but the backbone of their organic program is prodiamine and um, spring 4600 urea. So 
and then they supplement with biosolids during the summer. Uh, so not exactly an organic program. So if you're going to do a calcium application that's to raise soil pH, uh, solulam, do you use dolomite? Um, no, uh, yes, the whole reason I'm doing a calcium application is to raise soil pH. Um, also, my soils are, uh, more often than not, they're deficient in calcium. Um, and no, I do not use dolomitic lime. Uh, again, that pertains to my area. Um, because it all comes down to the amount of magnesium you have in your soil. And typically, my soils are really high in magnesium, too. So uh, for me, it's more advantageous to use a calcitic lime versus a dolomitic lime. Let's see here. What did Ray say? Not enough NPK. Even with some P in the organic, soils here need high P. Uh, Ray, do you have sandy soils where you are? I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I, I couldn't imagine in Hawaii you've got... Uh, soils that are that are built off the the remnants of uh, you know volcanic material. So I'm curious what the what your composition is like. Even with southern turf in an ideal situation such as Bermuda and full sun in correct zone, John B. I, Bermuda would be a tough one. Um, Shoo. I don't know. I just, I still don't think I could, I could deliver the results that, and again, I'm speaking from, I'm speaking from the mindset that um, I know how I market myself as a business. I, I would have to change the way I market myself to sell a true 100% organic program. Um, Coming to terms with the number of weeds in the yard would have to be a given. Um, you know, a a a, a relatively um, basically the number of weeds would just have to be a factor. Um, it it would it would it would just have to be. So I just I, I honestly don't think I could do it. The only thing I would feel comfortable with is if uh, would be would be zoysia grass. Um, I think doing a zoysia lawn in my area with a true organic program would be successful. I wouldn't even use corn gluten. I would just uh, I would just use use biosolids on it really, and that would be my organic program. So. I wouldn't even get fancy with it. Just biosolids three, four times a year. Call it good. Ray's got high clay. Everything is locked up. Even granules have limited limited efficacy. As you know, I'm 100% liquid. Yeah, I know with your uh, with your gas powered backpack, Ray. I still can't believe that. That is um, that is uh, that is pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Um. Ray, what are your steps to un unlock soil-bound nutrients? I'm curious your input on this. Uh, Tony Tillman, couldn't you use calcium nitrate for the lawns that are calcium deficient? Two for one. Yes, Tony, I could. I could. Um, that's a that is definitely a great option. Uh, John B. Uh, uh, Ray actually has the most interesting setup in the entire world. Um, he has a backpack that he has attached a, um, a pressure regulator to, and he's got a homemade walking boom on the end of it. 
and so it's like a wand that feeds a boom and he mixes per each yard in the in the gas powered backpack um, I can't remember the brand he uses I want to say it's Shindawa um, but it is it's the most unbelievable thing you have ever seen and uh, and you know and that's why that's why he's the green doctor that's why he is the green doctor what's your views on PPE when spraying uh, Trimec it's a it's a must especially if you're going to be spraying something that is um, you know think about it if you're if you're if you're spraying out of a uh, a hose and a reel um, you know the old true green Kim Lawn style gun and you know 100 gallons of, of material or 300 gallons 500 700 gallons of material you're spraying in a day um, no matter how careful you are with chaps and everything on I mean you still end up getting material on you by the end of the day um, I mean it's it's you smell disgusting when you walk in the door and everybody around you can smell it whether you do or not um, so yeah I mean PPE is a, a necessity I get lax with it when I'm on my machine um, because it is um, you know I'm on, I'm on my machine I actually have two levels of, of blocking between me and the, the front of the machine I've got the machine that actually blocks for me I've got a um, a flood jet that sprays out in front of me not up and uh, and so I feel relatively protected I have never felt I usually don't stink of herbicide at the end of the day when I come home and uh, so I feel a little more protective using the machine that was one of my big pushes for hurrying up and getting off the lawn and and and, um, and using a machine pH correction. Many soils here are extremely alkaline. pH 7.5 sulfuric acid at 1 to 2 gallons per 1,000 square feet. Wow. Sulfur will take too long. Too much free carbonates. Wow. Sulfuric acid at 1 to 2 gallons per 1,000 square feet. That is, um, that is incredible. That is incredible. I'm lucky that I usually don't have to deal with alkaline soils. More in Middle Tennessee, they deal with it. By alkaline, I'm saying a 7.4, maybe. Um, you know, 7.5 is going to be on the high side of things. So, luckily, I don't have to deal with that. Most of mine are going to be between about a 7.2 to a 5.8. Um, I've gotten a couple of soil tests back where it's been as as low as like a four nine, but um, not often, not often. Right, when you're applying that rate of sulfuric acid, what is your output volume? <laughs> that was my reaction, John B. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. The Green Doctor of, of Hawaii, again, it's one of those things. It makes perfect sense. Sulfur takes too long. And so he's going to use sulfuric acid. He's using 95% applied in plenty of water. 
it 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 makes sense it's just outside of how it would typically be used in a turf situation the science is there it's just not typical and that's why it is so fascinating to see what he does with with properties i mean that is just who would think to do that i mean how many people is like at least 100 gallons per gallon of acid wow wow talking about a talk about a soul drench that is uh that is some serious stuff that is a serious serious soul drench but when you're talking about doing a true correction that's how to do a true correction um, could you imagine how long that would take trying to do it with sulfur um, it would just take forever forever if, if at all even if it could be done even if it could be done Everybody, get something to drink. I'm going to take a, a quick moment again to plug a couple things. Um, if you haven't done it, watch my wife's hip-hop video. Uh, also, got the video with John Perry coming up, Anuvia. Uh, Ray, I'm curious, have you heard of a product being released? It's being distributed by Harold's. Um, it is called Anuvia. It is a homogenous product where they take uh, waste sludge. Mm -hmm. Yep. They take sludge and uh, run it in a reactor and treat it with sulfur to clean it. And then they use, they spray it with iron to help it prill. And so you're left with this homogenous product. Oh, and they inject it with anhydrous ammonia. So your final analysis is a 16-1-2 with 2% iron. And, um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a homogenous product. So... Pretty interesting thing there. That's going to be coming up. Uh, actually, I talked with the um, with the people that are the higher ups over there at um, at Anuvia, and one of my big concerns was how long they were going to be in business. And um, apparently, they've got an incredible business model, so they will be in business for a long time. So that's a that's an exciting thing. I, I like where that direction that's going. That's some. Um, not exactly inventing new technology, but um, that's excellent use of the technology we already have to uh, create and build an even better product. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting when their 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 sewage treatment plants. Uh, when they have to discard that waste, they have to track where that waste goes for a very long period of time. And so their waste is always a part of what they do and accounting for how they get rid of it is a part of what they always do. And so by being able to get rid of it with a product like um, Anuvia, then uh, it's an easy out for them to sell their waste to Anuvia, let them turn it into something that is no longer waste, and uh, and then they they no longer have to follow that waste stream to find out how it goes. So that's less responsibility on them. Um, kind of the interesting thing, Ray, about this product, um, it is it does not have a very strong odor. Um, it's it's treated to minimize the amount of dust. And uh, it has more of a traditional ammonical smell than a biosolid smell, um, probably from the, the anhydrous that's injected into it before they prill it. So um, it's a 
it's pretty pretty neat product pretty neat product I like I just I like the fact that they're they're reaching into their pocket and um, coming out with a, a new solution um, you know to, to what we're running into you know so we've got products like screaming green that are out they're gonna be you know five nutrient sources um, however what they have managed to do is actually turn that into a homogenous product which is which is fantastic and interestingly the people who have screaming green now beforehand before screaming green they actually produced a homogenous product that was the harmony line of fertilizers um, and so they basically dehomogenized that product and product I still broadcasting or did I hang up there we go there we go there we go there we go all right y'all I reckon that is going to get it for me I'm about 48 minutes in um, I gotta get the kids to bed and stuff so uh, again I want to thank everybody each and everyone for tuning in I really appreciate it um, please comment on the videos uh, and 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 let me know especially if you've got ideas for topics I'd love to jump into them I want to do more um, I want to do more whiteboard videos the whiteboard videos I really enjoy I, I seem to get good feedback from y'all too so if you have any topics for whiteboard videos don't hesitate to email me the grass at gmail.com Ray the the Green Doctor, I beg you, please, would you send me an email at uh, thegrassfactor at gmail.com. Uh, C.D. Andrews, Dodgers or Astros? Man, I got to go Dodgers. Got to go Dodgers. Got to go Dodgers. Uh, I appreciate it, Jason. I appreciate all of y'all. Again, video with John Perry coming up. Show my wife some love. Check out her video. Um, comment on her videos tell her she did awesome I know she put a ton of hard work into that and um, and so anyway show her some love again also John Perry coming up um, uh, Jacob Goddard with uh, scooters lawn care coming up um, I got all kinds of things in the works so anyway y'all I really appreciate you tuning in as always have a great night hope I see you again soon take it easy